The survivors had found a group of cabins where they could hide within the woods of Griffith Park. They had had to slice up a group of zombie Boy Scouts to do it, but now it was theirs. As the sun rose the next morning, Jamie and Jeff scouted the area to make sure they would be safe. It was still dark, but they didn't want to be taken by surprise when the sun rose by people or beasts who could suddenly see them. Jeff knew this area as a place he would go to write in seclusion, where he could look out over the city from a tall hill. They reached that point now just before dawn, and they saw the city lights. And then they saw them all go out as the city grids faltered and died. This is the story of our players in Outbreak Undead, part of RPG Storytime. Jamie and Jeff returned to the campsite and stepped over the bodies of the Boy Scouts they had killed the night before to go into the cabin they had first chosen. Tommy was tending to his wife there. She had been crushed badly enough to cause a bone fracture in her leg. She and Tommy had placed it in a splint and had it raised. Rachel, too, was tending to her wound. However, in her case, it was more a concern that she had been infected. Upon close examination of it, the wound had not been deep enough, and even if it had... It did not seem as though there was any sort of poisonous fluid near the wound. They would need to get someone who understood medicine to study it further, but for now, it seemed innocuous. No one had gotten any sleep. No one could sleep. And if they did, it would have been filled with nightmares of the dead walking, and Boy Scouts being chopped up. Not to mention an undead Michael Jackson leading a troop of real zombies in a dance of thriller. Despite their exhaustion, they knew they could not wait long. They had no supplies with them and would have to figure out how to eat. There's going to be a lot of food waiting at the grocery stores. We also have to think long term. We're going to need seeds to grow new plants, says Farmer Jamie. And we're going to need to stock up on a lot of cat food. Between them, they had five cats. Three had belonged to Jamie and Jeff. One from Rachel and one from Tommy and Naseba. They hid in nooks and crannies within the cabin the group had chosen. And they would become loud soon if they didn't have something to eat. So, tired or not, someone had to go on a supply run. Rachel, Jamie, and Jeff would go on the run while Tommy remained with his wife to protect the camp. He would also bury the bodies. Jamie tried to keep the car as quiet as possible as they drove out of the park, never revving the engine for speed. They again took the long way to Burbank, passing by Forest Lawn. They all noticed that some of the graves at Forest Lawn Cemetery were open, and that mounds of mud were piled along the sides as though they had been dug out from the inside. Rachel even spotted one zombie wandering aimlessly atop a hill. The group's plan involved going to a strip mall where there was a Smart and & Final and a pet supply store. They hoped there wouldn't be more undead than they could handle. They would then slide by the Do-It Center, where they could pick up some badly needed supplies, and hopefully some seeds. That would take care of both their short-term and their long-term needs. And if the power's still on in Burbank, I am getting myself some frozen yogurt at the yogurt place. Jamie didn't have the heart to tell Rachel she had seen the electricity go out, although that had been on the side facing L.A., which was separate from Burbank. So there was a possibility that there was still power here. As they pulled into the strip mall, they saw that indeed the power was still running, as the lights inside CVS were still on. They also noticed that the parking lot was mostly empty. There were a few cars, and they noticed a couple bodies lying dead, but there were no walking corpses. Still, they determined to get in and out as quickly as they could. They began with the pet store, parking directly in front and hurrying up to it. It was an all-glass wall, so they could see inside. Someone was at the counter hunched over. Could it be a survivor, they thought? The body turned and revealed it was not. 
its pale, bloody face locked onto them, and it ambled toward the window, gurgling as it moved. I've got this, Jamie said, and she cracked open the door just enough to attract the zombie, and to fit her sword through. However, Jamie hesitated. Locking eyes with the zombie, she recognized it. This was an employee who helped her almost every time she had come for food. Her name had been Tracy, and Jamie had gotten to know her. Hurry up, Jeff said, which snapped Jamie out of her daze, and she rammed the sword through the former clerk's face. They hurried inside, closing the door behind them, and grabbed every bag they could find, filling the shopping cart and hurrying to the front. They stalled a moment, scanning the parking lot. They were surprised to see it still cleared of any walking dead. They took advantage of their luck and hurried outside, tossing all the cat goods into the car. Rachel then noticed that the lights at the frozen yogurt shop were still on, and only one zombie inside. This might be the last time we have yogurt. I'll get enough for all of us. Jeff and Jamie agreed, and they went the other direction into Smart and Final, while Rachel went to get them all frozen yogurt. Nothing bad ever came of splitting up the party, right? Jeff and Jamie had their swords at the ready as they entered the grocery store. This place could be filled with zombies, but much to their surprise, they found instead a scattering of corpses. Clean up in aisle four! The duo approached the corpses slowly, cautiously, listening for any sound throughout the building. They noticed that the bodies all had stab wounds directly in the eyes. Whether they had been zombies taken down, or looters like themselves, Jamie and Jeff did not know, nor did they want to take time guessing. They needed to hurry and get food they could live on. They grabbed carts and started filling them with foodstuffs. Rachel, meanwhile, had filled three containers of frozen yogurt, stepping over the zombie she had slain as she moved between flavors. There would be no measurement of their weight, so she filled up the bowls and loaded them with toppings. As she turned toward the front, she froze. A group of young men dashed across, heading in the direction of Smart and Final. They were each wielding knives. That can't be good. None of them seemed to have noticed Rachel, so she waited until the last one passed. Then she set down the yogurt, grabbed her sword, and followed. Jamie and Jeff were weaving up and down the aisles, debating between using up the perishable items or taking the canned ones now in case they could never come back. They heard some movement near the front, accompanied by some chatting, then shushing. Jamie and Jeff left their carts where they were and sneaked toward the back of the aisle. They could hear the small crowd tramping around the front. They sounded like they were trying to be quiet, but doing a lousy job. Jeff, remembering his days stocking groceries on top of the shelves, decided to climb to the top where he'd have a vantage point from above. He began to climb, but slipped, bringing a huge pile of groceries down. The feet near the front now pattered across the floor as they ran to Jeff's aisle. They came around the corner just as he dashed around the back, slipping and sliding as he went. He's down this way, one of the voices shouted. Jeff and Jamie ran, choosing an aisle to cut down. They got a quarter of the way down it when two young people cut them off at the end. The couple turned around and started the other way, but they heard more of them rushing around behind them. Then they realized they were the ones with the samurai swords. Jamie and Jeff raised them up and started at the ones at the end. As they did, another person joined the two in front of them and two more appeared behind them. They looked scared as well, but they were calling to each other for encouragement. Jamie and Jeff then got a boost of encouragement themselves. Rachel had entered and she was approaching the three in front of them from behind, and their enemies only had knives. Suddenly, the phone rang. Join us next week to see what happens with the characters. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. 
If you'd like to see other things written by the author of the show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!